who do uh, my friends at the Lockdown Network say are the top five college football coaches in the Big 12? And where does Sonny Dykes land on that list? We'll talk about that next. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That's right, Locked On Horn Frogs. It's your team every day. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. Uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are really close to 700 subscribers. I think we're at 692 last I checked, which is cool. So do that. And then once we get to that milestone, I won't bother you until we get closer to the next milestone. You can also subscribe wherever it is you find your podcast. If you like to listen to the audio version, it is a podcast. Of course, some people are like, why are you on YouTube? If it's a podcast. Well, that's just kind of how the network has evolved and moved in the last few years, but you can uh, listen or watch either way is fine. And I appreciate you doing um, consuming it however you might do that. And we're going to talk uh, some Big 12 football coaches today. The Lockdown Network put together a list of the top five coaches in the Big 12. I did something similar um, when they put together the top five programs in the Big 12, and I egregiously uh, – I, I thought they egregiously left TCU off that list. They're talking about top five football coaches, so we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, also, congratulations to Braden Taylor, who was selected last night in the MLB draft. He was in the first round, 19th overall, to the Tampa Bay Rays, one of the best organizations in baseball, which is really cool. Um, so we'll discuss that in segment two. And Media Days is later this week, and so we'll wrap up the show with some talk about Media Days, what to expect from Sonny Dykes, and the uh, players that will be there. But we'll start with this list, top five football coaches in the Big 12, according to to uh, my friends at the Lockdown Network. I was not a part of this list compiling that they did, but I wanted to highlight it and discuss it. And so here's your list. Chris Kleiman at one, Dave Aranda at two, Mike Gundy at three, Sonny Dykes at four, and Lance Leipold at five. I feel like lately I've been on a uh, a disrespect kick, like TCU's being disrespected, Sonny Dykes being disrespected. And so I won't totally go that route here because I actually think that ranking the coaches in the Big 12 right now is really fascinating. There's a lot of different ways you can go, and it, it honestly kind of comes down to how much you value uh, different things or what you value. So there's this whole debate coming on right now, and I'll put this list back up. Chris Kleiman at one, Dave Rand at two, Mike Gundy at three, Sonny Dykes at four, and Kansas coach Lance Leipold at five. There's a debate going on uh, on Twitter. If, you, if you're on Twitter frequently, maybe you've seen this. Between TCU fans and Baylor fans, between TCU fans and K-State fans, because a lot of teams around the Big 12 and really around the country that have not been in the college football playoff, have not won a playoff game, are taking aim at TCU and saying, like, basically, they would rather have a season where they won a conference championship and won a big-time bowl game than won a playoff game. And, of course, TCU fans think that's ludicrous. And I would largely agree with them. Like, winning a college football playoff game was so huge. In my mind, I know – now, granted, I was following the team more casually when they won the Rose Bowl. So that wasn't like the huge emotional moment for me that it was for a lot of people. I totally get that there are people in the TC fan base that still see the Rose Bowl as like the watermark of the football program. But that win against Michigan was so huge. I remember, you know, just being so dumbfounded. And I, I, I knew they could do it, but it was just the fact of like processing in my mind TCU football is going to play for a national championship. That's insane. They were five and seven last season. Like, this is so remarkable. And because of that, 
I just I bumped Sonny up so much because of the job he did last year. And I think honestly, like looking at it now with the perspective that I have of who Sonny is and what he's done, I'm much more impressed with his SMU tenure than I was in the past. I'm like, wow, like SMU, that's a tougher place to win than I feel like people realize post death penalty. He did a nice job there. Yes, they had some, you know, definite dips and definite shortcomings later in seasons in November and December, but overall he did an outstanding job at SMU and he certainly maximized the talent at TCU this year. But there's this whole debate going on of like, okay, what's more important? How important is a conference title? Um, bottom line is TC went 12 and 0 in the regular season last year. And yes, I know they lost the conference title game to Kansas State in overtime. That game was played on the field. It is what it is. You have to live with that. I'm disappointed that they didn't win a conference title. It doesn't like keep me up at night, but it is sometimes I think about it. I'm like, man, that is disappointing that they couldn't take on that trophy because they were unquestionably the best team in the Big 12 throughout the regular season. I know what happened in the conference title game, but they ran the table through the regular season. Um, and beat everybody. You know, they went on the road and won tough games. They won tough games at home. They had comebacks. You you saw what happened. But I think because of the fact that Sonny Dykes is only in year one, and, you know, he is kind of missing that conference title game, and the national championship game didn't go well, there are still people that don't really know what to do with him when they're talking about, like, great coaches. I saw CBS Sports ranked him as the number one coach in the Big 12, and I think that's totally fair. I feel like you can make an argument for Sonny. But Locked On has him here at four. Now, I would put him higher than four. And here's why. You look at this list. All these, all these people that you mentioned, to a certain extent, are, are newcomers. Like, we're, we're, if you're, if you're going to hold something against Sonny, it's that he hasn't done this consistently. It's that, you know, he's really only had one year in Power 5 football with great success because the Cal tenure was not great. But look at the other people on this list. Now, Chris Kleiman and Lance Leipold are interesting cases because Chris Kleiman was great at North Dakota State. Um, in the FCS level, Lance Leipold was a, a D3 coach for a long time at Wisconsin Whitewater and was fantastic. And so they have pedigree, but it's not in the Power 5 level. Chris Kleiman has won a conference title. But, like, that's his big claim to fame right now. And that's a huge deal. I understand it's a huge deal. And he's he sort of turned things around and kept it going post-Snyder, which is significant. Um, but it's not like Chris Kleiman's been at K-State forever and has just been churning out winning season after winning season. Dave Aranda, too. I like Dave. But, you know, that first COVID year, they only won uh, two, one or two games. Um, and I know you can, I know a lot of people are like, well, you just have to throw that out because it was such a unique circumstance for a new coach coming in. And I understand that. But at the same time, like that first season for Dave Aranda – Baylor was coming off a Sugar Bowl appearance and coming off an appearance in the Big 12 championship game. And so, I mean, it, it's not ridiculous to say that they should have at least um, lived up to some sort of standard of that, which they weren't. They were completely out of it. Now, the next year, they win a Big 12 championship and they win a Sugar Bowl. But then in year three, they go six and seven and lose a bowl game to Air Force. And so, you know, like Dave is someone I think is a great football mind. He's a great defense coordinator but he has not been a coach that's just consistently done it year after year at this level. Now, Mike Gundy has the thing that's holding Mike Gundy back is uh conference title wins. And I feel like just the fact that, you know, he had, he hasn't done well in Bedlam. And so if I had to do this, I would put Sonny Dykes at three. And I know some of you might disagree with this and that's fine. Comment, come in the YouTube comments. Um, I would actually, I would actually put Mike Gundy at one. And I know like Mike Gundy's on the ropes right now. This is subject to change. But I think if you're if you're gonna base this 
on who these guys are and what they have done. Yes, there's some holes in Mike Gundy's resume, but he's done a really great job at Oklahoma State, and there's not a lot of coaches in the Big 12 right now that have been around for a while. Like, there's Dana Holgerson at Houston, but he hasn't had success at Houston yet. Um, Gus Malzahn has had limited success at UCF, and he did great things at Auburn. But there's not someone who's been at a school for a long time and has churned out a consistent winner like Mike Gundy has. And then I, you know, like I think Chris Kleiman and, and Sonny Dykes is a toss up. But if you want to give Chris Kleiman the edge because it's a conference championship, I understand that. But I think Sonny Dykes at three or two is really the way to go here. I think four is is not it. I feel like he's the better coach than that. Now he's got to show that this season. But the two guys ahead of him, or, or one of the guys ahead of him, Dave Aranda, is also someone that I think you can make the argument could be a flash-in-the-pan type of coach. If we're going to say that Sonny Dykes is a flash-in-the-pan type of coach, then you have to say the same thing about Dave Aranda because Dave hasn't gotten to the level that Sonny has from a playoff perspective, and he's really only had one successful season in his three years at Baylor. That can be subject to change, just like it can be for Sonny Dykes, but that's sort of where I stand on it. But if you want to comment on this, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter, at SimcockSteven, the show is at Locked on TCU, and then um, – Locked on Horn Frogs here on YouTube. You can always comment on the video, which I appreciate. We'll take a break. When we come back, Braden Taylor gets selected by the Tampa Bay Rays. We'll talk about that and more next. This is Locked on Horn Frogs. Bird Dogs, they are one of our proud sponsors, and they're back with us. Birddogs.com slash Locked on College. That's where to go. You see it on the video there if you're watching it on YouTube. Uh, bird Dogs, they fit great, and they, they are made to fit and stretch to give you a good look. And so I know it's hard. Sometimes like to find, man, shorts and pants that fit well and are comfortable and that make you look good, but that you feel like you can wear in the house. And one thing I love about bird dogs is that those, I've said this before. They're just very versatile. I can wear them to work. I can wear them around the house. I, you know, it, it doesn't make me feel like I'm um, kind of just like restricted. Like I can move around. I can do my thing. I can be active or I can just be hanging out. Birddogs.com slash locked on college. Go to that website, birddogs.com slash locked on college, and you can get a free tumbler with every purchase. So if you want a free Yeti tumbler with your purchase of bird dogs, shorts, or pants, please do that. I have a couple pairs of shorts that I love. I'm going to go buy some more soon. Um, you know, they're, they're sort of like, like Lululemon is, is one of the premier names and um, attire like in the shorts and pants world and bird dogs sort of took their approach and magnified it even more to give you that great comfort and that great versatility birddogs.com slash locked on college. Visit that website today and get a free Yeti tumbler with your purchase bird dogs. We are thankful that they're a sponsor of the lockdown network. So last night, the MOD draft got kicked off and in round one, Braden Taylor was selected a little later than people thought. He went number 19 overall to the Tampa Bay Rays, um, but he is a first-round pick. I, I saw people projecting him to go to the A's at six. Now, the cool thing about this is, I mean, if you're following baseball right now, the Rays are uh, one of the best teams in the league. They're on a losing streak going into the All-Star break, which starts today. But they had an incredible first half of the season. Um, they're known to develop players really well. I mean, they're known to find guys that – you're just like, who is this? And they turn them into great players. And Braden Taylor has um, obviously an outstanding set of skills. One thing that surprised me, Martin from the Lupton Drinking Club pointed this out last night. He's the first TCU position player ever to be drafted in the first round. And so you think of some of the great position players through the years, um, Matt Carpenter, Matt Curry, uh, Luke and Baker, Cody Jones, the list goes on. 
but Braden Taylor is the first TCU position player to be drafted in the first round. They've had multiple pitchers drafted in the first round, though. Um, great night for Kirk Sarlus, getting to see his guy walk across the stage. Um, they've really ramped up the MLB draft coverage in the last few years. At least I feel like maybe it's just because I haven't paid as much attention to the Major League Baseball draft until I really started following college baseball more closely. But I don't remember it being a huge event, and now it seems like it is. And so Braden Taylor headed to the Tampa Bay organization, um, which should be a, a great fit for him. And I'm super excited for him. You know, he improved a lot at third base. He actually came in as a shortstop, and I saw that they listed him as a shortstop on, like, the prospect pages. And so I don't know if that's just a holdover from his time in high school. I'm not sure if um, maybe Tampa Bay projects him to be at that position. But Tommy Sacco was holding down shortstop when he got to TCU. And so he just ended up moving over to third base and doing a fantastic job. I think he was great at um, manning the hot corner the last few years. You know, he had the occasional error, but he made highlight plays. And we all know what he can do at the plate. I mean, I know at times it was frustrating. He would go into slumps. But, man, he had such such power. Um, he got on base. He would hit for average. He knew how to, you know, drive the ball gap to gap. Just an outstanding player. Um, and one of the best players in TCU history, career home run leader. Kendall Rogers had this to say on Twitter last night. There goes my man, Braden Taylor. Rays baseball gets a great one in the TCU baseball corner infielder. Taylor has a massive ceiling with big time pop in that wiry frame of his. He made big improvements defensively the last two seasons. And I mentioned that a minute ago, what he's done on the defensive side of the ball on the field. But also just the way I think, you know, he sort of changed this year. And he always had pop. He could always hit home runs. But I feel like this season he really leaned into, I'm going to showcase my power. I'm going to be a guy that drives and runs, makes things happen. And uh, super excited for Braden Taylor. And so congratulations to him as he goes in the first round of the Tampa Bay Rays. Other players to watch um, as the week goes on. There's a lot of TCU baseball players that could get drafted. Cam Brown is someone I, I expect to get drafted. Um, Garrett Wright is someone I expect to get drafted. Cole Fontenelle. Uh, will be an interesting player to watch because he is a switch hitter and has that power that we were talking about with Braden Taylor. Um, and so I'm excited to see if and when he goes in the MLB draft. Uh, Trey Richardson, I, I imagine Trey's gone with the fact that TCU took Peyton uh, Chantier, the old Miss second baseman in the transfer portal. Since he's committed to TCU, I would imagine that means that Trey Richardson is probably moving on to pro baseball after this, regardless of where he gets picked. So, you know, how this works is, if you're wondering, guys get picked. There's like a million rounds in the MLB draft. But guys get selected, and then they basically negotiate based on their slot value, based on where they've been drafted, what their contract's going to be. And then players can say, you know, that's not like that's good money, but I'm going to go ahead and pass and bet on myself and think that I can maybe get drafted higher next year and then come back to college baseball or they can just move on to professional ranks. And so that'll, we'll see how that plays out over the next few weeks. Um, Luke Savage is draft eligible. And one name to watch too is Kyle Carr. So Kyle Carr is a player who was um, originally at the university of San Diego and then transferred to a JUCO in California, had a really good year in the JUCO ranks. And so he's committed to TCU. He's going to come play, but it's all dependent on – he's also draft eligible. So if he gets selected over the next few days, there's a good chance that he'll move on um, to pro baseball. But if he doesn't, then he can come play baseball at TCU. 
And he's another two-way player. Like he pitched and he was, you know, playing in, in center field and hitting. So similar to Peyton Tole, another guy that, that can do both. And so I'm not sure what TC's plan would be for him, but that's another name to watch this week is Kyle Carr, where he ends up in the MLB draft because that will determine whether or not he ends up on campus at TCU. Uh, when we come back, Media Days is happening later this week. I'll be there. What do you want to know from uh, Media Days on the TCU side? We'll discuss that next in Lockdown Hard Frogs. So as we wrap up the show here, I'm just curious. Uh, Big 12 Media Days is happening. I'll be in there on Wednesday. That's when TCU will be going through the car wash, as some people like to call it. You know, they just sort of hit all the different spots. They're going to talk to ESPN. They're going to talk to Fox. They're going to talk to local reporters. Sunday Dykes will have a press conference in the morning. If you could ask Sunny Dykes one question at Big 12 Media Days, what would it be? You can hit me up on the YouTube comments here. Um, you can always tweet at me at Simcox Steven at Lockdown TCU. What's on your mind? What do you want to know from Sonny Dykes um, and what he thinks coming into the season? Do you want to know about the quarterback situation? Do you or, or do you want to ask about Chandler Morris and Chance Nolan and you know what that looks like? Um, why they brought in a, a player with so much experience? Do you want to know about the defense, about the offensive line? Um, about replacing guys like Quentin Johnson and Kendra Miller? Do they have a favorite at running back between Trey Sanders and Imani Bailey? What is on your mind as we go into Big 12 Media Days? should be fun to hear from Sonny Dykes and company as they get ready for uh, the upcoming season. We are getting closer to football, and I'm not sure where you guys are. I feel good about this team. I do think there's a lot of question marks, but I really, as I said earlier last week, I think there's question marks about every Big 12 team this year, you know, even Texas. And so it, it, it mainly comes down to um, where where are these guys at? How are they going to replace production? How are they going to find a way to either scheme up or have guys step up and, you know, replace those uh, gapes and those holes that they had from players that moved on to the NFL or to pro football um, this past season? And so Big 12 Media Days is coming on. Uh, Wednesday, I'd love to hear from you guys and what you want to know. Because uh, if I get a chance to ask some questions, I might slip some of those in, and then we'll have coverage of that on Friday's show. We'll be back on Wednesday with my friend Tommy Fisher. We'll talk some TCU football and TCU sports. This is Lockdown Horn Frogs. It's your team every day.